Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Where have you been? It's almost over. But where's Sam? He's on the bench. You're kidding me. Dad, I wanted to talk to you about Sam. He has been playing a lot lately. And... Ooh, hold it right there. I agree with you. And I got some great news. Great. I traded him to the Tigers. You traded your own grandson? I know he's the most competitive man in the world, but this beats them all. I am angry. I'm, I'm spitting angry. I'm like a tornado of anger swirling about. Because I could be a bench warmer, not my son. Because I'm going to coach the Tigers. Hey, the Tigers look pretty good. Those guys aren't the Tigers. The tigers are over there. Oh, I'm having a baby. Uh, excuse me. I just don't do that with the cup. Okay, team, let's see what you're made of. Just kick it. Kick it hard. Kick it. Okay, that was hard, but I'm not on the field. Keep it on the field. Okay. I think I need to get some help. Look who's here. I'll give you a hint. Hall of Fame, Chicago Bears. Sammy Sosa? No, no, no. It's Mike Ditka. I'm a coach that knows about winning. Come on, move it, move it. Pass, 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 pass. pass, pass. Okay, 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 okay. Are you mimicking me? No. I'm gonna push you like you've never been pushed before. But you know what? When it's It's over, you guys are gonna be champions. Champions. Yes. Winning feels good. I really like winning. Are you ready for this? You just served a plate of humiliation. How does that feel? Oh, my God! Get him off me! Ow, he's got my ear! Universal Pictures presents... Pick up that piece of trash, Tom. Tuck in your shirt. I have a sense of pride. In fact, why don't you take a lap? Go run a lap! Faster! Will Ferrell. Dad, you gotta lighten up. I'm doing this all for you. So we can have fun, huh? Fun! Fun! Kicking and screaming. Are you serious? I'll go change. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie Kicking and Screaming from 2005. The studio was Universal Pictures. Release date was May 13, 2005. The running time, 95 minutes, and it was rated PG. The budget, $45 million. The box office took in $53 million domestic, making it the 52nd ranked movie of 2005. Took in an extra $3 million internationally. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 41% rotten from 142 reviews. Their consensus is the script is mediocre and fails to give Will Ferrell a proper comedic showcase. Roger Ebert at the time gave it 3 out of 4 stars. And here's his review. The problem with team sports involving kids is that the coaches are parents. The parents become too competitive and demanding and put an unwholesome emphasis on winning. One simple reform would enormously improve childhood sports. The coaches should be the kids, too. Parents could be around in supervisory roles, sort of like the Major League Commissioner, but kids should run their own teams. Sure, they'd make mistakes and the level of play would suffer, and, in fact, the whole activity would look a lot more like a game and less like a sporting event. Kids become so co-opted by the adult obsession with winning that they can't just mess around and have fun. 
This insight came to me midway through kicking and screaming, which illustrates my theory by giving us a father and son coaching team who will haunt the nightmares of their players for decades to come. The movie is actually sweet and pretty funny, so don't get scared away. It's just when a kid hears an adult say, I eat quitters for breakfast and spit out their bones, that kid is not going to rest easier tonight. With Will Ferrell in the movie, we might expect a raucous comedy like Old School or maybe Dodgeball, a movie that I had kept reminding myself Ferrell was not in. But no, Kicking and Screaming is more like the Bad News Bears or the Mighty Ducks, with the underdogs coming from the bottom of the league standing to eventually... But I dare not reveal the ending, even though it will be obvious to every person being in the theater. Will Ferrell is now a major movie star with nine more movies in the pipeline. I learn of his status from the industry analyst David Pollan, who has crunched the numbers and come up with the real list of box office heavyweights. He says the top 10 stars in terms of actual ticket sales are in order Will Smith, Tom Cruise, Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey, Russell Crowe, Tom Hanks, Eddie Murphy, Ben Stiller, Will Ferrell, and Denzel Washington. The highest ranking woman on the list is Reese Witherspoon at number 12. This list is fascinating because it sets Ferrell apart from several other recent Saturday Night Live alums cycling through hapless comedies. He has broken loose of the SNL curse that currently, for example, haunts Martin Short, like in Jiminy Glick. Farrell plays actual characters, as he did in Elf, rather than recycled SNL skit creatures. In Kicking and Screaming, he understands that the role requires a certain vulnerability and poignancy, and although he goes berserk with all of the coffee, it is kept within the character. His soccer coach has an emotional arc and is not simply a cartoon. Robert Duvall, of course, is superb. No one has a meaner laugh. He even begins to smile when you wish you were armed. He goes head-to-head with Mike Ditka, and you wait for them to spit out the bones. This movie is pure formula from beginning to end, and it doesn't pay much attention to the individual kids as it might have, especially Byung Sung, played by Elliot Cho, the smallest member of the team, who seems to have something really going on down there among the knees of his opponents. There is also the usual thankless role of the hero's wife, played here by Kate Walsh. Her job is to talk sense to Phil, which is never much fun. Robert Duvall's wife is a sexy bombshell played by Musetta Vander, but she turns out to be sensible and sane, which is a disappointment. Still, Kicking and Screaming is an entertaining family movie. It may serve a useful purpose if it inspires kids to overthrow their coaches and take over their own sports. That's the end of Ebert's review. Now, I love Ebert's review and his idea about the kids coaching themselves. And granted, I can see how it could become quickly a Lord of the Flies debacle, but he's totally right about youth sports. More often than not, it's the parents that ruin any sort of fun and enjoyment the kids may have for sports. If parents want to watch and cheer in the stands, that's awesome. If anything comes out of their mouth that is negative, they should be immediately removed. And personally, I think you'd see a more enjoyable experience for everyone involved. All right, let's get into the making of the film. So producer Jimmy Miller and Will Ferrell saw how popular youth soccer has been over the last 25 to 30 years. And if you drive by any school field over the weekend, you'll likely see a soccer game being played. And director Jesse Dillon took the madness of the Little League parents and decided to add that flavor to the film. And by the way, if you didn't know Jesse Dillon, well, he's the oldest son of Bob Dillon. He began his career directing music videos, with his feature film being 2001's How High with Method Man and Red Man. His second film was the third American Pie movie, American Wedding. Next was Kicking and Screaming. 
Writers Leo Benvudi and Steve Rudnick took their childhood sports experiences and implemented them into the film. For example, Rudnick's Little League team was named the Tigers, and Benvudi played on the soccer team with two kids that were from Greece that were better than anyone else. The studio changed the kids from Greek to Italian for a better foreign distribution of the film. This writing duo actually co-wrote the original Santa Claus with Tim Allen and the movie Space Jam prior to Kicking and Screaming. Will Ferrell loved that Robert Duvall agreed to be part of the film because Duvall plays a similar character to his role in the 1979 movie The Great Santini. But that film was not a comedy at all, but the dominating father type definitely was. Getting Mike Ditka was perfect because the guys were looking for someone to play a coach like Mike Ditka and instead just decided to ask the real guy. And what everyone loved about Ditka was how natural and comfortable he is in his own skin. And as he puts it, most of the Iron Mike persona was created by the fans in Chicago and the press. He's really just an average guy who doesn't take himself too seriously. And if you're unfamiliar with Mike Ditka, well, he's a Hall of Fame football player who played for the Chicago Bears and the Dallas Cowboys and was known for his incredible toughness and intenseness. He later became a popular coach in the 1980s for the Bears. In many ways, Duvall and Ditka have similar personalities, which makes the pairing so great. Plus, Farrell is always nuts. So much so that he makes the other guys seem normal. For the kids in the movie, they had two weeks of soccer camp in order to be at a certain level to look like they knew how to play and have some basic fundamentals. But the two kids from Italy were actually soccer prodigies in their country, but they couldn't speak any English, just like in the film. And they had never been to the United States, so they worked out perfectly in this particular film. Okay, let's get into the film. So it begins with a quick introduction for the life of Phil Weston. That's Will Ferrell and his super competitive father, Buck, Robert Duvall. I was born a baby, a blank slate, thinking I was in control of my own destiny. And then I met my father. You better be good at this stuff. In college, I wasn't the most gifted athlete, but in order to please my dad, I strive to be the very oh, best. Little help, already out of control. I'm losing vision. Black net. You guys, you might want to move out of there. I gotta let go of this thing. Uh oh. For Pete's sake. How far was that? Put three inches. Hope you boys are ready. See you at the finish line. There's a there's a rabid cheetah in lane two here. Runners, take your mark. Hips in. Yes, I was quite the athlete. So much so that I caught the eye of the prettiest girl in school. Are you all right? Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, no problem. It's a horrible win. Uh, no, there isn't. There is over, over there. Dad! Hey, Dad! Barbara said yes! Hey, son. This is Janice. I'm at a DAP. Hi. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get married. Can I talk to you? Alone? Yeah. Where are you? Nice to meet you, Barbara. Heard a lot about you. 
nice to meet you. She's great looking. What are you talking about? No, She's terrific. Like You're getting married? Look, Phil, I'm lonely. I'm a man. It hasn't been easy for me since your mom died. She didn't die? She divorced you. Mm. Tomatoes, tomatoes, mm. you know. <laughs> Baby. One year later, on the proudest day of my life, he was right there by my side. There he is, your grandson, Sam, seven pounds, six ounces. Oh, by the way, he had a son on the same day. Take a gander at your brother, Bucky. Seven pounds, seven. It's a little bit bigger. Welcome to my life. Phil's wife, Barbara, is played by Kate Walsh, and as you can imagine, Phil's been a pushover his entire life, and much of it stems from his over-domineering father. Phil and Barbara have a young boy named Sam. Sam's on a youth soccer team called the Gladiators, and he's coached by Buck. Buck is so competitive that he refuses to play his own grandson, because he's not as good as the other kids. Buck runs a successful chain of sporting goods stores, while Phil runs a tiny vitamin store. However, as successful Buck thinks he is, he has one nemesis he can never beat, his next-door neighbor, Mike Ditka. Phil decides to talk to Buck about Sam's playing time, and Buck informs Phil that he's traded his own grandson to another team. The worst team in the league, of course. That's the Tigers. Barbara sees the positive in Sam going to another team, because now he can actually play and have fun in the process. Something that playing for any team that Buck coaches is just not possible. I'm angry. I'm, I'm spitting angry. I'm like a tornado of anger, swirling about. My heart rate is dangerously high right now. In the typical cliche of youth sports movies, going back to the beginning of film, Sam's introduction to the lowly tigers is what you would guess. A bunch of kids, unmotivated, lacking direction and talent, who would rather be anywhere but the soccer field. And they have hijinks like putting the ball underneath your jersey and claiming you're having a baby, as one kid does. Also, the Tigers head coach has already given up on the kids, and they don't have an active coach. And by the way, the referee in the first Tigers game is actor David Herman, who you might remember as the hilarious character Michael Bolton in Office Space. In order to avoid a forfeit, Phil agrees to coach the Tigers for just one game before a permanent replacement is selected. And of course, the game just happens to be against his own father's team, the Gladiators. And no surprise, the Tigers get destroyed. But Phil doesn't get discouraged and decides to coach the Tigers full-time, as it's better than having Sam being coached by Buck. Phil then introduces himself to some of the parents. Thank you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, who's your son? Young son. Oh, I see. Actually, I, you know what? I don't see. I'm sorry. I. Oh, wait, now I see. Word every game, uh -huh. not like a lot of the other parents. No, 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 not like the other parents at all. <laughs> better. You're better than the other parents. <laughs> oh, so they're better? No, no. I mean, I mean, they're di well, they're different. What do you mean different? No, I, you're different because you're better. How are they better? No, look, you're you're both better, different, in a different but better way. Okay, you know what? Let's get to it. A little early to start playing favorites, Phil. <laughs> so Phil's practice doesn't get, go any better, and he realizes they need some help from a person who's actually coached before. My dad, he's a coach. He knows the game. He's confident. He's smart, witty, dynamic, vicious, brutal, vindictive, a monster. 
and he will win through intimidation and forceful tactics if need be. I'm not like that. In fact, I don't know anyone like that. Do you? So, Paul, what's on your mind? Uh, actually, it's Phil. You mean it's not Paul? No, it's Phil. What's the difference? Come on, spit it out. Uh, here it is. Mike! Hold this. Oh, no. No, no. We do not allow smoking in the house. I I'm sorry, Mrs. Dicker. Here, I'll get rid of it, honey. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm coaching my son's soccer team, and, and I, I didn't know if you might be willing to help. Soccer? Actually, uh, I, I want you to assistant coach. Your assistant coach? You really don't know who I am, do you? You're right. Silly idea. I just, I just need some help, and you're such a great coach, and my dad's going to be riding me all season, so I just... Oh, 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 oh. your dad? You mean I get to coach against your dad? Well, yeah. Mike, I smell smoke. Nobody's smoking. Mike. For Pete's sake. So, like, it's me and you against the old man? I mean, there are other teams. Gotcha. No smoking means no smoking. Okay, come on, Phil. I'll throw this out the window, honey. Uh, I I'm sorry, Mrs. D I'm sorry. You should be. It's a nasty, filthy habit. Hey, you can count me in. Really? Let's bring the old man down. Oh, great. Oh. Okay, uh, Tigers. Look who's here. I'll give you a hint. Hall of Fame, Chicago Bears. Sammy Sosa? No, no, no. Come on. No, football. Coached the 1986 85. 85 Bears to a Super Bowl victory. It's Mike Ditka. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know Sammy Sosa? Hey, zip it, kid. I'm a coach that knows about winning. I'm gonna push you guys like you've never been pushed before. Something gonna wish I was dead. It's true. I know it's a weird thought, but it's true. I eat quitters for breakfast and I spit out their bones. Delicious. Now this is gonna be the hardest, most difficult thing you ever attempted in your entire life. But you know what, when it's, it's over. Gonna get emotional. When it's over. When it's over. You guys are gonna be champions. Champions. By God, you're gonna be champions. All right, everybody up. Come on. Hands in. Yeah. Come on, everybody. Let's go out and kick some butt. Here we go. On three. Let's have fun. One, two, two three. three. Let's, Let's have, have fun. fun. Let's have fun. What's that? With Coach Dick on board, it's time to whip the Tigers into shape. On the ground. Give me the push-up. Come on. You guys with the Bears. I find you each 10 grand apiece. This calls for some drastic measures. We're going to make some changes around here. Come on. Move it. Move it. with soccer, but I'm going to get my trash taken out, okay? Come on, Beyonce, let's get that back end done. Uh, coach, shouldn't we be going to soccer practice? I'm not going to soccer practice with a dirty car. Here we go, gang. Hey, hey let's go, Tigers. Come on. Let's go get them. Come on, kick butt out there. You're great. Hey, Sam. Yeah? Listen, Dad, 
How you doing? Good. 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 Ow! What was that for? Jeez! Did you just kick your son? Yeah. following me? No. That's a real goal. Ten more of those and we're in business. An old Iron Mike doesn't take losing well, and the ref lost his toupee, so it wasn't a total loss for the Tigers as they did score a goal. At a parent's dinner, Buck doesn't take kindly to Phil hiring his sworn enemy, Mike Ditka, and attempts to get in a fight with Ditka, which ends up with Phil getting punched by Ditka. Phil just isn't taking coaching very well, and Barbara tells him to talk to Ditka about his feelings. Yeah, that'll go well. <laughs> okay, man up. I can't. Well, you better or else I'm getting out of here. Here, drink this coffee. I don't like coffee. It's a vassal constrictor. Hey. Coffee is the number one drink in the world. Everybody drinks it. Even little kids in Mexico drink coffee. Well, I'm not a little kid in Mexico, okay? The magic elixir of coffee is just what Phil needs. But what Phil also needs is a few additional players, ones that actually know how to play soccer and play well. These ringers can also help the other kids get better. So Dicka finds two Italian boys whose uncle owns a butcher shop he frequents. The two Italian boys, Gian and Massimo, are like a two-man wrecking crew and destroy the other team with ease. And the Tigers win their first game, and just like that, it's a movie montage of the team playing better and winning by passing to the Italian boys. But with the rise, there always must be some sort of downfall, and the beginning comes when Phil starts to get addicted to coffee. What's that haunting aroma? Hello. Hi there. Hi. Uh, my name is Phil. This is my son, Sam. And uh, I I'm brand new to coffee, so I don't want too much. Okay. Can you take half of the regular version of the coffee and mix it with half of the decaffeinated version? Or is that, is that just too weird a thing to ask for? Half-calf? Right, half-calf. Half-calf. We're, we're, we're going to have a half-calf. We're going to have half-calf. Yay. And a half cap. <sighs> That's me. Ah, mother of pearl! That is hot! Woo! That was hot. Should have waited for the jacket. Yeah. I know, I got too eager. Another half cap. Another half cap. Hello. Hello. Where are you from? Australia. Oh, it's a lovely accent. Thank you. Oh. You still waiting for your coffee? Yeah. Well, make sure you get one of these sleeves I burned myself last time. Thanks for the tip. Something you don't know at first. <laughs> 
Guatemalan with a little wall of Timo coffee. Absolutely. Oh, that's that's not coffee. <laughs> that's my Russian vodka. Buck doesn't take the Tigers winning five in a row that well, especially after Phil tells him that the Tigers are probably going to make it to the playoffs. Buck decides Phil needs to be taken down a peg and destroys him in a not-so-friendly game of tetherball. The scene totally harkens back to the way Duvall was in the great Santini as Bull Meacham when he plays basketball against his son. Fed up with always losing to Buck, Phil decides to bet on the Tigers that if they win the championship, Phil gets to keep Buck's prized Pele soccer ball that Buck caught in the stands while watching Pele playing live back in the day. But if the Tigers lose, Phil has to sell his vitamin store and work for Buck. However, this bet is what sets Phil over the edge with his coffee addiction and his need to win. He can no longer have fun coaching the Tigers. It's all about winning now. Let's go, Tigers. Bring it in. Bring it in, guys. Let's go. Grab some bench. Look how much time it takes for them to come in. Take a seat. Let's go. Okay, guys. Had you come here early today so we can talk about some sloppy play. It's come to my attention that lately I've noticed a, a general blatant disregard for our game plan. Ambrose. Yeah? Saw a bunch of nonsense out there. What was going through your head out there last week? I was breaking my back for you, Coach, because of my love for the game. Liar! Jack. What? Who are you supposed to pass the ball to? The Italians. Right. Alex, when? When I come in contact with the ball. The instant you come in contact with the ball. That's our strategy. It's one of the many plays we've worked out. It's the only play we've worked out. How many sarcastic pills did you take this morning? Coach, I'm just... Well, Coach, I just changed But there's one problem. The agreement that allows Gian and Massimo to play for the Tigers is that if their uncle needs them to work in the butcher shop, they must. Just remember, meat comes first. So it becomes a team effort when the Tigers end up helping in the shop for a large order before a game, and then they return to the field with bloody carcass all over their uniforms, which is a terrific look and leads to the other team forfeiting. After the win, the team does some bonding with some backyard camping that night. Phil, it's freezing out here. It's not Phil, it's Coach Weston, and it's not freezing out here. Then why'd you build a fire? Because fire is the stuff of warriors. And that's what we are, right? Warriors? The Hopi Indians called fire Coach, what are we doing out here anyway? We're bonding. We're becoming a team. Surviving the elements here in the backyard. Coach, did you order the pizza yet? In due time, Connor. In due time. However, I want all of you to know, if the pizzas don't arrive, I've already made the decision that we will eat Byung Sung. All right, we're not going to eat him. But he does look delicious, you have to admit, right? If we had to eat someone? Dad, you're getting a little creepy. I know. Let's all bay at the moon. What? You know, howl like a wolf. Shut up out there! You shut up in there! Come on, everyone. Bay at the moon.
<laughs> yes, the neighborhood dogs decide to attack the backyard. Phil's downward spiral continues at the coffee shop the next day. Ooh, I don't know. The Irish cream sounds good, huh? What's that? Uh, it's cream and it's, uh, it's Irish. Hurry up and order! Excuse me. Thank you. Um, how about a smoothie? What's in that? Smoothie's a juice drink. We want coffee. Buddy, relax. No, you relax. I'm a regular here. This line needs to move. I beg your pardon. Do you have scones? Tall, non-fat, double latte. Sir, you're at the back of the line. I recognize that. Cut it out or you're out of here. You can't kick me out. You know what? You're, you're really invading my ear space. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. Do you have a card? Do you have a card? No, I don't have Does a card. Does anyone here have a card? We don't have frequent drinker cards. That's a video club card. Ah! Zip it there, Sporty Spice! Are we doing this? Oh. Is this happening now? Yeah. Come on, Great. I'd Let's love do to. it. Let's do it. You're hurting me! You're hurting me! What is wrong with you, Derek? I thought we were friends! My name is Andy! Your name is Liar, because you're telling lies! You know what? The odds are I will never come back here again! There's a good chance of that! That's a chance we'll have to take! Okay! That's how you want to play it! Okay! I am disappointed! God! By the way, the woman in line is played by Alex Borstein, who is now well-known for playing Susie Meyerson in the TV show The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She's the manager. And it doesn't get much better for the Tigers the next game. Tigers, bring it in. Let's go. Let's go, guys. All right, Tigers. Let's get ready to play, huh? I don't want to see any laziness there, okay? We win this, we're in the finals. If we get a big lead, we got to pummel these guys. We got to pummel them at all costs. Dominate and hammer them. I want you to play dirty if you have to, but don't get caught. Young son, stay low, okay? That's easy for you. Just chop block them in the back of the knee. That'll work well. Ambrose, you're big. Don't be afraid to throw the elbow. If you break someone's collarbone, that's a good thing. That's what the medic's for. Otherwise, he's just sitting around. All right? You hear me? Hey, Phil. I, I don't think that's a very good attitude. You can't talk about hurting other players. You don't think? You don't, you don't think? I don't think you should be butting in when I'm talking to my team. You're my assistant, okay? You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice boxes when I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to? I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy! I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. Why don't you go to hell? No, you go to hell. While you're there, why don't you grab me a juice box? I'm no juice box boy, I'll tell you that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. You're like your old man. I'm not like my old man. If it weren't for these kids, I would whip your butt. I can take a punch. I'm out of here. Bye-bye. I'll see ya. Mr. Big Time Coach. Bye-bye. I'm not like my old man. I'm a kind and gentle, compassionate human being. With a heart as big as a lion! We'll see you later, Juice Box! Everyone wave goodbye to Juice Box! Literally wave! Do it! Parents too! Everyone wave! Okay. Guys. I only want winners out on the field. Who's a winner? I said, who's a winner? Everyone's hand should be up! I am! Okay, everyone bring it in. Who are we? Tigers! What? Tigers! All right, let's break someone's clavicle on three. 
One, two, three, break someone's clavicle! Hit the field, let's go. That's a trick, you know that? Move it, move it! Huh? Pick up that piece of trash, Tom. Tuck in your shirt! What are you doing? Have a sense of pride, huh? In fact, why don't you take a lap? Go run a lap! I'm timing you! Pick it up! Faster! Here we go! Tornissimo! Zach, everybody see what we gotta do with these guys? Four on one, three on another, right? We have to, we really have to smother. <laughs> well, the Tigers made the finals, but Phil is now a complete maniac with the need to beat his dad. All right, we now have the showdown between the Gladiators and the Tigers. Phil versus Buck. So who will win? Will Phil realize he's gone off the deep end? And can he repair his relationship with Iron Mike Ditka? You're just going to have to watch the final 25 minutes to find out, though it's not a big surprise, as Ebert alluded to. So is this movie as good as, say, the original Bad News Bears from 1976? Not even close. It's closer, I would say, to Ladybugs with Rodney Dangerfield, uh, but I think the soccer playing is much better in Kicking and Screaming. But hey, if you enjoy Will Ferrell, 
you enjoy his zaniness, I think you might enjoy this film. It's certainly not a film you have to get deep into the plot for. And again, watching Robert Duvall and Mike Ditka, I think it's worth it. All right, there are a number of deleted scenes. They include Phil as a kid playing football with his dad coaching, Phil giving an engagement ring, which was a cubic zirconia to Barbara. Phil talks to his much younger half-brother. Uh, the soccer game looks like a war zone to Phil. There's another one where Phil offers the kids protein drinks before practice, which does not go well. Uh, Mike Dicka says he cried during Free Willy. <laughs> English lessons with the Italian boys to play like a team, which they think is Mr. T. Phil hitting baseballs in the cage, trying to clear his mind before the big game, but Buck comes and talks to him and then turns off the field lights. All right, some fun facts. So Will Ferrell actually stated that this is his favorite of his films, but for sentimental reasons. Throughout the span of the shoot, his wife became pregnant with and then gave birth to their first son. Ferrell said he filmed specifically imagining watching this movie with his child one day. The baby in the beginning that is supposed to be Will Ferrell's character is actually a girl, which just proves what my dad always said about newborns. They all look alike. All right, that's it. No guests this week because nobody wanted to talk about kicking and screaming. Well, that's fine. <laughs> if you want to watch it, go watch it. If not, look, it was in my DVD collection. It was probably under $2, maybe under $3. So it makes it in. I still find it fun. It was good to revisit this film. So hopefully you'll enjoy it too. If not, I'll be back next week with yet another random movie from my DVD collection. If you are ever in the San Francisco Bay Area and still love collecting or renting DVDs or VHS tapes, come check out Captain Video in San Mateo at 2837 South El Camino Real. Captain Video is open six days a week and closed on Wednesday, and one of the last traditional video stores still running in the United States. New movies you can rent for $2.99 a day. Old movies you can rent for $2.99 for five days. And if renting isn't your thing, you can also purchase anything you find in the store. Be sure to tell Ira that you heard about Captain Video from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. Happy renting and happy collecting at Captain Captain Video. Video. Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on ThatMetalStation.com.